Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, we are talking about the thought control tactics that narcissists can use on unaware empaths. And we're going to link it back to why it works because of our unique empath aura energy. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. So I wanted to... You know, I feel like it's important to touch in, you yeah. know, you, these things like, you know, with the narcissists in lives, once you're used to the pattern of the narcissist people coming into your life, you have to review every once in a while, keep yourself on your toes. I, I agree with that. And I feel that <laughs> I'm pretty good when it comes to narcissists. I mean, I don't think I'm a narcissist. I possibly could be a narcissist. I don't think I'm a narcissist, but, <laughs> and I don't really deal with narcissists. They don't like you. <laughs> they don't like me. I mean, really, there's only one narcissist I deal with on the daily, and that is Rocky the cat. Oh, our cat, He yeah. is a narcissist. He is. That I cannot shake. He's so cute, though. He manipulates my mind. <laughs> he plays mind games with me. He messes with me. He, me. he belittles me. He does. Yes. He, no, he does. He mocks me. He does. He absolutely he mocks does. me. He does. You he know, does. I'm, you know, I'll be just sitting, I, and I think I've even said this before, I'll be sitting in the chair just ready to you know, eat a bowl of cereal and then he'll want to go, you know, in the garage. And then two seconds later, he'll be scratching on the garage door to come back in the house. You know, he does do it on purpose. He does it on purpose. I've had a lot of cats and he's probably the, he really does like to screw with you. Yes. He, he messes with I've me. that. I've had so many cats in my life. Like this one particularly likes, likes to screw with you. Yeah, he, he is. I, and I feel that, you know, sometimes I'll just see him lying on the bed and he'll just give me this look like I'm better than you. Yeah. You're nothing. You're picking it up. Yeah. I know. I pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> he really takes down my confidence. And if I, yeah. you know, if my hair is real long and I haven't gotten a haircut in a while, it works. You know, I will be like yeah. depressed. He, he gets me depressed. He does. Yeah. Because you so, know he he's superior to yes. you and you feel that. Yes. He's a narcissist cat. <laughs> and I guess I'm the, I guess I'm an aware empath. Now. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, I think... And we've talked about this before. Yeah. We all, I mean, humans are narcissistic in, in general, you know, like I think it's, it's our 3D ego mentality that we have to have to survive you know, and, and it can get mixed up with things a little bit. So we all have that tendency to go that way a little bit, but it, I'm, when we're talking about narcissists, obviously, and I've said this a million times, I'm not a professional. I don't diagnose people. Nobody should diagnose people except professionals, but it's kind of like people that act narcissistic in a patterned way for a very long time. It's not somebody going through something. Yeah, I and I agree with that. I would and just for myself, I would <laughs> not to sound narcissistic. I would say I was like more narcissistic when I was younger, but I don't know if that yeah. would be a narcissist. I you know, that would just be not having like the wherewithal to think of what of other people so much. But then yeah. ever since I had, you know, kids and stuff, I feel I'm less narcissistic. I don't know if that's, I don't know if you can use even the term, but I think children, like young people, we, you yeah, know, when I was younger, yeah. I feel like I was just in everything for myself. I'll, in, it's interesting you say that sometimes in readings, somebody will be like, Oh, I don't know. You know, my ex, he's like narcissistic. I'm like, he's kind of more like a child that never got past 16. Right. Right. You know, it's kind of like, cause I feel like narcissism is a bit of a spectrum the way I feel it energetically. You can be like all the way to one end and be like, Oh, or you can just be like, just a kid like just you think the world revolves around you and that, that's what i think you don't yeah. you don't even consider other people's opinions and the other thing is if you weren't raised to 
hey, how does somebody else feel about that, Scott? You know, what are other people's feelings about that? Or if you, if that was um, weaponized against you, like you're so selfish, you never think of anybody. It, it, you can almost kind of like go into yourself and actually become what they're telling you you are. That can happen too. So it's, yeah. So I I see that happen with some people. It's, it's more of like a benign narcissism. (laughs) Oh, they're like a child. Yeah. Yeah. Like low level or something. They're like low level. They're like (laughs) harmless. They're just like, you know, they're always going to make it about them, but it's like, you know, it's it's more annoying than anything else. The term narcissism, narcissist isn't correct. Maybe it would just be like more self-centered. Yeah. I mean, like, I, like I've said on here, we've had to do, we've had to develop our own KYA vocab and we're just using that today, but I think so, everybody gets it who's listening, what we, what we mean. Okay. But we're talking today about the bad kind, the not good kind. And, you know, the kind that mess with you, the kind that you were programmed by, the kind that you're still meeting day after day after day in your life. It, they infiltrate your relationships. You fear them. And all right. So I got from the wonderful web world um, some manipulative things that narcissists say in an argument. Okay. Okay. And I thought that I would say them. So we have to pretend both of us that we're in some sort of argument and somebody says this to us. Okay. All right. So are are these are not things that you would say normally in your daily life. And these are not things I would normally say, right? These are, Uh, yeah, I don't think I say these things. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see what they are. (laughs) But let's, let's, I'm going to give the statement. These are things that, um, you know, narcissists say, to people. And again, this would be something that you hear often. You know, they pattern it up with other things too. It's not just like once in a while you heard this from somebody. This is something that's like a pattern, but how you would respond to it versus how I would respond to it. Okay. So, review you are a red and blue aura because I feel like different energies deal with this. And you tend to lead with your red aura. And that makes a difference, I feel. If you lead with, if you have a non-empath aura as part of your aura combo and you tend to lead with that, I feel like you're less susceptible to narcissists. I just feel like that. Okay. And if you lead with your empath aura or you got two empath aura colors like me, indigo purple, you're probably more susceptible more, to these things. Got it. Or if you're like yellow, blue, but you lead with your blue, you might be more susceptible to these types of things. All right. And if we know this, we can do better. All right. So here's okay. the first one. All right. Give it to me. Um, okay. If you do that, I don't like you anymore. So you're in an argument right. with somebody, let's say it's a coworker or whatever, and they're like, "Hey, if you go do that, I'm not I'm not going to talk to you anymore. We're done." Okay, I mean, so my default would be to first of all to question it. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, "Well, why? why? Like, <laughs> right. Like why? Like what am I doing here that you wouldn't like me anymore?" Right. And then if I didn't get like a an answer that made logical sense, I'd be like, okay, then you don't like me anymore. I don't, I don't know. I mean, some, something along those lines. Yeah. So you have to explain to me what I was doing was wrong, and then I'd have to, in my head, that would have to logically make sense. Yeah. What's interesting is the filter exists in your head. Yes. Because what I would do is I'd be like, oh, immediately I'd get scared. I'd feel fear if I heard that. Like, oh my God, they're not going to like me anymore? Like, that's a big, because that's a big deal to me. And then I would be like, okay. And then I'd be like, oh, think about everybody else. Let's say it's a coworker situation. Everybody else in the office, like, well, how are they going to perceive this? And I would think about every single other person's perception of what's going on before I asked myself a thing. Wow. Okay. Totally different. (laughs) Yeah. So my filter's like on the outside. Okay. Everyone else's perspective. 
Mine is coming from the logic in my head. <laughs> from, from, yeah, okay. that's interesting. All right, that makes sense. Okay, I'm not saying like either one's right or wrong. I'm yeah, just saying that like that's immediately knee jerk reaction. Right, what I would right. do. Okay. All right. Give me. Let's do another one. All right. Hey, Scott. Yeah. Nobody likes you. They all laugh behind your back. <laughs> well, unfortunately, this happens to me quite often, and I'm, there's probably people right now listening <laughs> to this podcast laughing about behind my back. But okay. I mean, I have to consider the source. For me, it's always considering the source. You know, if you said that to me, yeah, my feelings would be That'd be hurt. so mean if I yeah. said that. Yeah. Have you ever said that? I don't think so. You know, everybody laughs about you behind your back, Scott. You always accuse us all of laughing behind your back, That's though. true. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I mean, it would be the source. You know, if it was like you or one of the girls said it to me, I'd be, yeah, I'd be upset. It's like some... <laughs> Like a friend that, you know, I'd be like, all right, whatever. So they're laughing. Give them a, at least I'm giving them a good laugh, I guess. Okay. You, know, at least, you know, I don't know. I mean. Well, they're trying to make you feel like belittled and less yeah. than. Would that work? It works it, like when. It, it, yeah. It, yeah. It would only, for me, it's only going to work if I recognize what I'm doing is something laughable. I feel like for you, it would only, like it, it's, okay, just, it is funny because. It'll be me, Bree, Abby, and Rocky. Like right. we're all in the bed talking or something and laughing. And then like sometimes you just come in and you're like, are you making fun of me? And it's like, no, no narcissist. We're not talking about you. Sometimes we are, but no, we're not. So anyway, so like I can, it bothers you then. But if it was outside people, it wouldn't yeah. bother you. Yeah. Now, if somebody said this to me, hey, Megan, nobody likes you. They all laugh behind your back. I'd be like devastated. <laughs> And you know it. Yeah. I'd be like, Scott. And I'd want to exit myself from society forever you, and just go hermit and, and let people forget about me you gracefully. Would start, yeah, you would start watching Vampire Diaries <laughs> season one again. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Okay. All right. All right. These, so, are, these are kind of funny. Yeah, these are good. All, All right. right. Give me you one. are so jealous and insecure. Let's say you brought up something like, hey, I feel like, you know, a feeling or whatever. And then somebody came back to you with, you are so jealous and insecure. My God. Yeah. All right. I, uh, pass. Oh, you don't like that one? Yeah, I'm going to just pass. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know we could do that. Yeah. It's part of the game. Oh, okay. All right. Jumanji. Uh, all right. You're a bad person. You know, you're a bad person. You're bad. <sighs> yeah. I, I mean... Again, <laughs> you're not counting it out. No, I mean it's possible. See, it's possible. I I don't know. I mean, I, I would question it, but okay. again, I always consider the, who the source would be. All right. If if it's someone like you know that I don't really have a lot of respect for, I'd be like, oh, thank thank you for time. I'd actually take it as a compliment. Oh wow. Like if, yeah, because if a bad person told me that, right. and I thought they were a bad person. Then I'd actually maybe take it as a compliment because they didn't like me. That means, uh, and I've said this before, that means I'm doing something right. Okay. So if like sometimes if someone doesn't like you, you are doing something right because if that person liked you, you would be doing something wrong. So it's not always a bad thing. Just depends on the source again. For so me. if somebody told that to me, even if they were like somebody I didn't know that well or whatever, you would be devastated. I would be like, oh my god. Because the nastier somebody is, the more believable I feel like they are to me because of my issues. So I'd be like, oh, but because then I would go probably to close friends I've had for a long time who I trust, tell them with complete transparency, the whole scenario and be like, what do you think? And then I would be like, did I do this wrong? Did I do this right? So it would be for me like a huge, again, I go, it's interesting. You go inward, I go outward. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Because I'd be like, because oh, I'm always so, I think when you have relationships with a narcissist and they've soured your way of being, you lose faith and you lose the ability in yourself to determine what's right or wrong because you're so used to feeling everybody else's perspective. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Want to do another one? Yeah. Want to do another one? Yeah, these are fun. (laughs) You like these? (laughs) Yeah, I like them. They're kind of fun. All right. Why can't you be more like him? I mean, he's got it all figured out. Why can't you be more like him, Scott? Well, I heard that one a lot uh, growing up. So oh, wow. That's sad. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Hit a trigger point. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, back then maybe it would have gotten to me, but now I just be like, all right, maybe that person's, I don't know. He's better than me. I don't, I don't know. Who, I don't know. That's yeah. That, that one got to me a little no, bit. That, one's, that, one's a little got, bit. that one hit a wound. What yeah. you, how'd you used to react back then? Probably like, just like ang- angry about it, I guess. You could just get angry. Yeah. I mean, honest, honestly, I feel like now I've just, I've put up, like, I just don't care. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've really got to the point. <laughs> it, 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 it'll be all, in all honesty, I, I totally have gotten to the point right. in life where I just don't care. Yeah. Like, I just do my thing. I don't want, I want to do, I want to make life easier for people that I come into contact with. That's right. my thing. I don't want to make life difficult for anyone else. Life's already hard enough. I just, I just don't. I just don't care. I wish we could bottle it and sell it because that's great. Yeah. Like, because you don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I just want life to be easy for people. You right. Know, and myself too, included. Right. And, and all of us. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So if somebody said that to me, why can't you be more like her? I'd get really defensive. It depends who said it. Like, if yeah. you said that to me, oh, that'd be uh, bad. That'd be bad. <laughs> if, I said, if I said any of these things to you, oh I don't, you know, it would be real bad. <laughs> It depends who said this one. It depends who said it to me. Yeah. Um. This that's interesting because all the other ones, I think I'd be more like, oh my god, devastated. This one, I'd be more like mad and annoyed would be my first reaction, not sad or devastated. And yeah. I don't know why. I'd have to. I have to sit on that one. I don't know why. Like if somebody said to me, like, that's not you, like outside the family or so, you know somebody kind of more in my acquaintance circle or something. Like, why can't you be more like that person? I'd be like. Oh, Oh, like who says that? Like I get more angry. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's just like a crummy thing to say. The good news for me here is I never said any of these things. So that's actually a positive. positive. I've never said any of these things to anybody. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I think that's a positive. (laughs) It's not my fault. You made me do it. It's not my fault. You made me do it. That one I might have said to somebody though. (laughs) (laughs) That's like... Like, let's say you're... Not taking responsibility. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like let's say in a relationship, somebody's yeah. cheating. Like, okay. some I felt you made me do it. You yeah. didn't give me enough attention, so I had to go find it somewhere else. You made me do this, okay. or like that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I okay, that one, uh, I think I probably... I mean, not in that regard, I didn't say it, but I've, I think I've actually said that something like, you know, and I try I, tr- I try to watch that one, because I give, like, say I'm... You know, you're driving or something, and someone distracts you or something. Oh, it was my fault. Oh, you do you do that. Me, yeah, you made me you do, do it. You do do yeah, that. No, and I yes. try to watch that one. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And thank I, you for the self awareness. Yeah, I'm so, self aware of that one now. Because <laughs> I Where, do. Yeah, like, like I said, maybe years ago, I'd be like, I would have used that one. Like, you know, you actually did make me do that. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to be mad at you about that. Yeah, yeah that's in, true. And in my head, you might have still made me do that. But. <laughs> that's true. Because, like, when we drive, I'll, if I'm like, oh, and then you're like, oh, you made me make that bad turn or something. It's your yeah. fault. Like, sorry, I guess. Yeah. Or, and like, then you I know, the kids that. are, 
you know, acting up and they're screaming in the back of your car, yelling right. at each other and you're trying to oh, do it and true. you do something and you're like, oh, I wouldn't have done that yeah. if you guys would have been This This one's quiet. a big one for me because I grew up this way. Everything was my fault that somebody else yeah. happened to them. So, like, if they stubbed their toe, this person, or if, or if, like, something fell or if, like... I don't know. God, there was an earthquake. I don't, you made me do it. Like, so my big thing is I never say this to people at all. Like, especially the kids, because I hate that. And when I hear this from people, because I've, I've actually dealt with that one. It's like, where's your personal responsibility? Like you make you do you, that's it. Like, I don't, nobody makes you do anything except you like, you know, like that kind of thing. Okay. But all right. All right. So, I mean, we could do these. No, we could do these all day, but these are fun. But these are uh, are fun. (laughs) Do them at home, you know. Uh, do see, them at see, home. Do home. This is a great dinner yeah. conversation yeah. with the family. Yeah. <laughs> okay, children, over the SpaghettiOs. Let's, right. let's react to some of these narcissist <laughs> phrases. Maybe that would help everybody. Maybe it would, yeah. <laughs> make light of it a little bit. Maybe but... we should make a little uh, like board game, right. like instead of words words with friends or something. All right. Well, we got one I had to do. And then when we come back, you're going to read some of the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family Pets, we're going to focus on the most narcissist of pets, the cat. Our next partner today is Athletic Greens. So let me tell you, I gave AG1 a try. I was introduced to it through this podcast and I'm like, okay, let me give it a try. So every morning I drink a big old glass of water. It's the first thing I do every morning. And now I just put a scoop of AG1 into it. And I've been doing this for about a week and a half. And let me tell you something I get it. I get it. It is the healthiest thing you can do for yourself in under a minute. And very quickly, I noticed that it helps me with like my digestion. My hair and skin feels great. It's been supporting my sleep. I don't have to take a bunch of different things when I can just mix this one scoop of powder in water once a day. Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality that give me major benefits like the gut and mood support, boosted energy, even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. And my AG1 is delivered to me every month, so it's been super easy to make this a daily habit. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash KYA. That's athleticgreens.com slash KYA and check it out. Hey, Scotty. Hey guys. So on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family Facebook page, we have a thread for pet readings and I have been taking from there every couple of episodes and today we have some more. So what do we got, Scotty? All right. So today we figured we're going to do the cats. We're going to do some cats. Last time we did the dogs for Dolores. Right. Today we're going to do the cats. Maybe the next time we do like... Other others. Others. Like a lot of people have been asking for horses. Yeah. Someone sent in a hamster. So cute. So maybe we'll do the <laughs> Okay. Can, can you okay. Eat a hamster, but all right. All right. You know what's weird? What? I didn't even tell you this. Okay. The okay. neighbors across the street, their hamster, honey died. Yeah. And they buried honey in the backyard. So Abby, our seven year old, was okay. playing in the backyard and she asks me, Mommy why do I see honey floating around their backyard? And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, I see honey floating, but 
And I'm like, well, you know, they buried her in the backyard. Oh. And she, and she's like, I feel like she's happy. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> well, we got a couple of guinea pigs buried in our yard. I know. Oh, poor Norman. Poor, yeah, she hasn't seen ours, but yeah. she saw the neighbors. Yeah, we're, where's Norman and Cliff? Yeah, right, and I was like, it's okay. Pigs. All right. Like, just so, wave when you see honey. So <laughs> basically, you're saying that our turquoise daughter yes. is seeing the ghost of honey? Is a hamster. A hamster, a hamster medium. Is a hamster medium. <laughs> that, makes, that, would, that, that makes sense. That makes sense, sense. Yeah, for her. Okay. That okay. makes sense. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. I believe it. I, right. I, had to, I had to bring that up. All right. Here we go. Okay. Emily C. writes, my cat Marble, a.k.a. Poopsie, sadly is no longer with me. She was one of a kind. Oh, so I was going down the thread. You know, it's so impossible to pick these yeah. animals. So Aww. what I do is I open up the thread and I just scroll and I'm like, who's talking to me? And Poopsie. <laughs> it's like very Poop, loud. Poopsie's loud. Okay. No, she really is. So when I look at Poopsie, oh, it's hard because she's gone. But, you know, she didn't want to leave. She stayed longer because of the love I feel she had for Emily and the family. She very motherly, very smart, very wise. I feel like she's been through a couple different animals. I do get like a dog energy around her. I don't know if that's... um like an animal she left behind or somebody from a dog from the past or something. But I feel like she was a big, she uh, like a caretaker. And I, I feel like it was, de- I mean, listen, I feel like it was time for her to go. She looks older anyways. And, and I feel like she asked to go, which sometimes they do that. And I feel like she's just coming through with a lot of love. And you know, what's interesting though. I do get like, um, I don't know if she had, I know she's an older cat. So some of this, I hate when something's, like logical, but I am getting it. Like my front teeth are bugging me. So I wonder if, she, and like her fang, I wonder if she had a front, it's actually my left, yeah, left, my front left fang. I wonder if she had an issue there because that's actually bothering me. And I get like a feeling like, oh, something in the mouth. Like a, like a cavity? I don't know. Or like, like an abscess it, or something? Yeah, something, but it was uncomfortable and it was bugging her. She did not like that. Aww. So, but she's okay and she's on the other side and she, she knows that she's passed. And I feel like she's sticking around, you know, she's just waiting for others to join her, which I feel like animals do that. Yeah. All right. She looks, she looks sweet. She does she not does. look like a narcissistic, no. narcissistic cat like I have. <laughs> no. no, she looks like a good one. Yeah. She looks like a good like one. Like a very human, very tall, like she could communicate. Okay. But All she right. was like really loud talking to me. All right. Our next one comes from uh, Nikki B and she writes, what about my blind kitty Oriana? How do you read pets without eyes? And then there's two, a couple pictures. Oh, one picture. She's on the angel numbers book yeah. with a crystal. <laughs> that is so cute. And yeah, so she has no eyes. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I that really spoke to me. And I'm like, what a challenge. Like, yeah, that, that seems very <laughs> like, challenging. I like that. Yeah. Actually, Oriana, I don't know how I do it without eyes, but she is talking to me. So when... You know, with Oriana, yeah, that's really interesting. And that's why I wanted to do this one because she communicates a little differently than other animals. She's actually more vocal or more focused or, or better communicator than a lot of animals, which is interesting. And I wonder if that's because she doesn't have eyes. She's actually really good at the telecommunication or, or the telekinesis or something. And she feels like she's actually very confident and very assured and even though she's blind, like, I feel like she's totally figured it out. I do get her front paws, something with those. I don't know if she's just, like, 
Because I get that feeling I get when they use them a lot or they use them in different ways than other animals do. So I don't know if that's just like a condition. I've never had a blind cat, so I don't know if they do different things like to accommodate for their no sight or whatever. But I feel like she's actually like you wouldn't know like that. Like I feel like you wouldn't know. And I get that with her. Oh man, I get other cats around her. I wonder if she was a rescue or there was like some other situation around her because she feels like she can be very bossy and I get the smell in my nose of other cats or something. So I don't know if you have other cats too or she's just like really came from a situation where there were other cats. Anyways, she's very confident king of her castle. That's what I get around Oriana. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, she looks. She looks sweet too. She's like really sweet too. Adorable. See, you're missing out, Scott. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Rock. All right, who do we got next? All right, next we have uh, Aquila R, and she writes. I'm, I'll, I won't read the whole thing, but my new kitty Poppy. So we have Poopsie, and now we have Poppy. Mm-hmm. We got her from a. We got her a few weeks ago from, as a tiny baby from the shelter. Well, maybe she's tiny and she's like a rescue and she's from the shelter, but this is why I love cats. Like she came in, she owned her space. Yeah. She looks like she could own it. She owns her space. She's like, this is my house. Thanks for giving me a house. You know, you all are mine. Um, I feel like she's put herself on the same level as the humans and then like slightly above that too. Um, she, (laughs) but it's funny. And Akila, she puts some pictures of dogs there too. And I get, the thing I get on Poppy is she's having no problem. There's two dogs and one is like shaggier and smaller and the other one has like a brown patch over its eye. The one with the brown patch over the eye, I feel like is giving her a hard time. That's her That's her challenger I get for boss of the house. Like that one knows she's up to something. Oh, Blizzard. I feel like Blizzard, there's Blizzard and Potato. They have two, do- they have two dogs? Yeah, I don't okay. know which one's which. Okay. But the one with the brown patch over the eye, like that one is giving her her problems. That one's the one that's trying to bug her. I feel like he's trying to poke her, sniff her, that kind of thing. And he's like harder to kind of control. But then the other one's listening better and has accepted her as master of the house. So I just think it's funny because like, that's why I love cats. Like they can come in. And they're immediately like alpha energy, even though they're small, like they don't know it. And I just think that that's, they're so inspiring. I love cats. Okay. Blizzard is the one with the spotted face. So Blizzard. Oh, Blizzard. Okay. So Blizzard is the problem child for her. And the other one's just like, whatever, fine. Like the other one doesn't care. Potato, I guess. Potato doesn't care. But Blizzard is like, I'm going to, I'm going to like bother you about this. Like, I'm not going to let you have it so easy. So I feel like Poppy and Blizzard are going a little toe to toe. All right, and we will put these pictures up yes. on the in the Mystic McCalla Spiritual Family Facebook page, uh, a separate thread so you can see the pets. Yeah, I did that and last time can, too. Yeah, we'll do that again. Yes. All right, and we'll do one more here. Carrie W. She writes, "Here is my cat Sticky." <laughs> I love that. So we got Sticky. <laughs> oh, Sticky! Sticky feels like <laughs> I love this picture of Sticky for so many reasons. But what I get with Sticky is like you know for Carrie, Sticky's like the perfect man, you know? Like, that's what I get, but a cat. Like, Sticky to me is, like, very sure of himself, like, extremely confident, very poised, graceful. He, to me, feels like he takes care of her. He's, like, the man of the house. He's got that kind of vibe, but he's logical and he's he's reasonable and stuff. And he feels very protective 
I feel like of Carrie and it doesn't matter if there's other people around. Uh, it's like Carrie and Sticky are like soulmates. That's what I get with these two. And Sticky's the type of cat where he'd never go anywhere. Like some, if you've had a lot of cats, you know what I mean? Like some cats, if you open the door, bye, I will never see you again. Sticky's not like that. Like you open the door, he'd be like, no, you know, we're, 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 we're together forever okay. like that. Like he's really smart and aware, I okay. guess is what I'm trying to say. All right. Sticks to you. He does. He, he is. Yeah, I guess so. He feels like he had a bit of a street life before her a little bit because he's smart too. He gives me that vibe I get on cats that have had, they've had a bit of the street life, yeah. you know? Okay. All so right. They're, they're sticky. Sticky. Well, apparently Rocky <laughs> just knocked over his food bowl and now he's giving me the look as to say, what? This is your fault. Like I get it. <laughs> So, Why are you so insecure? Yeah. He's actually, Why are you a bad person? He's blaming me for this right now. <laughs> this is ridiculous. All right. So I have to go. Everybody laughs at you behind your back, Scott. <laughs> That's what Rocky it's true. says. I just say it's true. Like, like, you can't really insult me anymore because I just like, yeah, it's probably true. It's like, all right. So You've what? accepted it. Yeah. Yeah. What? I'm telling you. Like, once you just accept that, life is so good. <laughs> Because you're just like, what can you do to me? Like, what are you going to say? You make fun of what I wear? Like, yeah, of course. I'll, I can do that too. Yeah, like you, you know. don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Like, make I mean, fun of me. I it has care. its pluses and minuses, though. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Get invited to a lot less things. <laughs> yeah, probably. But all right. All right. I got to go clean up his food bowl because right. he's telling me it's my fault. But we're going to do a couple ads. And then when we get back, you're going to talk about thought control tactics narcissists use. Hey, Scotty, guess what's for dinner tonight? Oh, no. Are we having Maggie's special meatloaf? Hey, you don't like that? You know. <laughs> no, we're having wild grain. Yes! <laughs> Love wild grain. My favorite. Absolute favorite. I'll eat anything they, they make. Pretty much, you know, whatever. Whatever it is, I'll eat it. Sourdough bread, croissants, dessert croissants, pasta. Love it all. The fresh pastas are my personal favorite. Yep. Well, Wild Grain is the first ever Bake From Frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries, unlike typical supermarket bread. Wild Grain uses a slow fermentation process that's easier on your belly, lower in sugar, and rich in nutrients and antioxidants. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. You'll never run the risk of getting bored with Wild Grain. They're constantly adding new, seasonal, and limited time special items to buy. Plus, for every new member, Wild Grain donates six meals to the Greater Boston Food Bank so you can eat good and do good all at the same time. All you have to do is sign up at wildgrain.com slash KYA and choose which type of box you want to receive and how often. It's easy to reschedule, skip, or cancel. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash KYA to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash KYA. That's wildgrain.com slash KYA. Or you can use promo code KYA at checkout. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, when I feel like my best self, I'm sleeping well, I am creative, I find myself in a calm state, I find myself with more patience than usual. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can get you closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life shows at you. Therapy for me has been a way that I can get back to my best self in those inevitable 
inevitable times when I do feel overwhelmed because that's life, right? So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp, it's a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash KYA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash KYA. So what do I hear a lot of during readings? I hear, well, it could have been worse. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. And usually the ones saying that to me are the ones who had it really bad. I had a reading with a client and she was saying to me, you know, she was like relaying to me what was going on with her ex-husband and what happened and everything. Like, you know, it was just called coming out. So it was kind of like, I was feeling his energy and all that kind of stuff. And, and she was like, well, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. She just kept saying it. Finally, I'm like, listen, like, yeah, it could have been worse. Like we can go on a true crime website and find 10 ways it could have been worse, but it was still bad. Like, Sure, it could have been worse, but it was still bad. It doesn't erase <laughs> it doesn't erase that it was awful for you just just because it could have been worse. And I hear you guys saying this a lot. And listen, I used to say it too. And it's like, why do we do that? And I'm not trying to put us back in some sort of victim mode. That's not what that's about. It's about recognizing that and validating what happened to you so that you don't have it happen again. Because when you say something like, well, it could have been worse, like what's happening is your ego is coming in and taking over. What is our ego? Ego is the human part of us that likes to keep us alive. And we're super thankful for that. But how it does that is it likes us to say exactly the same. And here's the deal. If you're used to narcissistic relationships and toxic relationships, um, your ego will try to find ways to keep you in those because we don't do what's good for us. We do what's normal for us until we know better. So saying something like, well, it could have been worse is almost like a little reset button, a little reset button to go have another similar relationship again. So when you find yourself saying that, it can make you feel better in the moment, I guess, because you're like, all right, you know, because you don't want to be angry and you don't want to be sad and you don't want to feel like hopeless and out of control. You don't want to feel all that, but actually understanding that, yeah, it could have been worse, but it was still bad actually gives you control because narcissists do this thing where they like, and it would be at your parents or like a relationship or friends or whatever, they like to act as if what they did to you made you a better person. Well, after my ex-husband and how he treated me, like, well, I don't, you know, I'm tougher now, or I understand how to do this. I understand, you know, no one's abuse, no one's abuse formed your character. And a lot of narcissists will, a lot of narcissists will say that it did. They'll say like, well, and, and even if it did change like your behavior and it, and it made you more resilient, which is like the only silver lining of going through something like that, like you're more resilient, you're tougher, you know you can do it. You didn't do that to go back into it. You know, you didn't do that to do it again. You did that so you could learn from it 
and, and move on and honor your growth with a different situation where that doesn't happen anymore to you. Um, so I was looking into this because, you know, it's such a thing. And, and apparently what narcissists do is they use thought control methods. So I was like, ooh, let's talk about some thought control methods. And furthermore, let's link it up to our energy. Because here's the deal. Like we can learn about all this stuff. This is what I feel anyways. Like we can learn about all this stuff, um, you know, clinically or just talk about it. But until you make that connection, until you make that personal connection to you, you're never going to really, really know it. You know, as a teacher, they taught us that too. You know, when if you can make a kid attach a lesson to something personal to them, they'll learn it like super quick. They'll never unlearn it. And that's what I'm trying to do on here because you all have empath auras. You have your blue, your purple, your indigo or turquoise. And if you tend to lead with your empath aura color, one, and two, you're an unaware empath or you were an unaware empath, meaning that you never really understood what that empath aura was or meant, which is like most of us. And then three, if you were programmed to operate in a way that's really opposite of what that empath aura is for, then you become like an all-you-can-eat buffet for narcissists. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Um, When I use the word narcissist, no, I'm not a professional. No, I don't diagnose people. I'm just talking about people who have that tendency. All right. That's just like my, we're just doing my own Mystic Michaela vocab for today when I use the word narcissist. Because honestly, if somebody has a diagnosis or not, does it matter? If somebody's treating you bad, does it even matter? You know? And I think if, if you know that you have some sort of pattern of attracting a certain type of person, um, it doesn't even matter like what they are. It's just like, why am I attracting this? Like what's the pattern and how, and how can I eliminate it? And this is how you can eliminate it. You can understand what in you it's feeding, what in you it's touching and how you can step out of it now. So back up empaths who are not aware. So unaware empaths, you know, I talk about this, the recovering empath episode four, the recovering empath. Um, it's my own, because I, I feel like as empaths, we go through an awakening and you can start as an unaware empath and you go all the way through. All right. So if you're an unaware empath, you don't know what this empath thing is. Like you don't know that you're actually gifted with the ability to absorb other people's thoughts, emotions, you know, feelings, realities as your own. If you don't know what you are feeling on other people isn't your feelings personally, and you can't separate them, you're an unaware empath. And uh, and narcissists love that because what do they need? They need to outsource their reality to other people. Like narcissists love to live in a bubble where they're, man, they're, they're the sun and everything else is rotating around them. But they have to select intentionally very specific people to make sure that they're a reality where there's some sort of like God, where they're, where they're the center of attention stays, it stays, you know, stays true. And, uh, and unaware empaths are the people that can, that can give that to them because they're like, oh, you need to feel like the sun and I'm all, we're all wrote and right all the time or victimized or like whatever it is you need, I, I can create that for you. 
And it's so subconscious and subliminal. You don't even know you're doing it. And furthermore, if you were programmed a certain way, usually by your family, where your only seller, sell, uh, source of uh, self-worth was actually giving people this reality that they needed so bad, and then you're absorbing their satisfaction and thinking it's your own. So you're borrowing their satisfaction based on your giving them like their reality. If you if if that's something that you're used to doing, it you don't know how to cultivate your own reality, your own joy, your own feelings, your own validation, your own ability to be like, hey, this is what I think. And if nobody else agrees with it, I don't care. Like your own stability inwardly. Man, I hope that makes sense. Okay, episode four explains that a lot more if this is getting a little bit like what? <laughs> that, that goes into all that uh much more in depth. Now there's no shame in this, okay? I've done it too. You can fall back in a narcissist relationship. So you could just fall back and like, you don't even know. Like all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I really like my new neighbor. And then like three months later, you're like, oh no, it happened again. <laughs> like you, it can happen so many times, like over and over again. So no shame, no shame. It's just like, we got to stay on top of it. So we're just doing that today. We're just staying on top of it. So we're going to talk about some thought control tactics narcissists use on empaths. I looked over at psychcentral.com for research on this topic. I wanted to see what they were calling these existed like thought control methods that narcissists used and then connect them to our own energy so that we can like, you know, really understand it, really make it meaningful to us and, and like know it deep down. Because once you know it, you cannot unknow it. And during the course of this episode, you might have a couple like moments like that. You're like, whoa. And that's, you know, pause and sit with that because that's a big deal. So the first thing I saw was emotional appeals. All right. So yeah, I mean, this is pretty run of the mill. They're going to they're gonna play on emotions like guilt and fear and loyalty rather than logic and reasoning. And, and they're very... And, and they love like false and outrageous claims and they're very dramatic usually in, in one way or another. So using over the top emotionality to control you is, is it just comes naturally to the narcissist. So is saying something, you know, how could you talk to your aunt? You know how she treated me at the wedding. How could you do that to me? Like, whoa, I just said Merry Christmas. <laughs> like, seriously, I just sent a card. <laughs> that kind of thing. I mean... And, and and why do they do this? All right. And why does it work? Why does it work? Works because as an empath, okay, this is the energy link, especially as an unaware empath, because you haven't created a foundation of your own self-worth in yourself. You've always outsourced it to how other people think of me is my self-worth. Okay. Instead of how I think of me is my self-worth. You don't always feel worthy enough as you are. I mean, you're lucky somebody even cares about you. I mean, that's how a lot of you guys were programmed to feel, okay? Playing off outsourcing your value based on others' opinions. So you're only valuable when you're doing for others. So that's the first thing it gets you. It's like, oh my God, yes, <sighs> mom, she did feed me. Yep, they didn't lock me in the basement with a bucket for a toilet, okay? It wasn't that bad. It could have been worse, <laughs> <laughs> so I better not say Merry Christmas to my aunt anymore. 
<laughs> and I know I'm laughing because like, if you really say it out loud, it's like, whoa, that's screwed up. But that's the kind of stuff they do. Like, was it really necessary to have that much emotion? Because I said, Merry Christmas to my aunt who was mean to you at the whatever, you know, is it that much of a thing? And does it really link back to everything with quotes you did for me? And then you're like, oh, I'm so unworthy. I'm so lucky she fed me. Thank God I had food. You know, I did have food. You know, it could have been worse. So like all that. And then another thing is um, with an empath, like especially unaware empaths and empaths in general, sometimes you can have issues with receiving um, and feel very uncomfortable when others pay attention to you. So when they kind of like throw something back in your face that they did for you, like, how could you do that to me? I took you to lunch for your birthday or like whatever. Like when they throw something in your face like that, like that, whatever they did, you feel so unworthy that if somebody buys you a flipping cup of coffee, you owe them like your firstborn or something. And if you, you know what that feels like, which I get it. So again, this is not judgment. I'm just trying to like talk to that part of you. Um, yeah, then then you, you can your narcissist bait. Gotta be careful. Yep, we're learning this together, people. Oh. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, another one, the bandwagon. So this is where narcissists attempt to pressure you to go along with it because everybody's doing it. All right, so they know, uh, listen, like this happens so many ways. Like one, when you have a relationship with a narcissist, everybody thinks they're so flipping amazing in some way or other. And 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 I talk about this on one of the episodes. Um, every aura color can be narcissistic, by the way. Like every aura color can have narcissist traits. And and there's more kind of like the obvious narcissist, like the red one that's like, I don't know, Mr. or Mrs. Congeniality, like, oh my God, that's so charming. They're so great. Or the blue narcissist, which can be like, oh my God you know, they're so, are they okay? Are they all right? Oh my gosh. Oh, you have the best, you know, wife, you have the best husband, you have the best mother They're, They just, they suffer for you like that kind of thing. So it can go either way. But, um, what my, my point is, is that the narcissist will always have a crowd, like they'll infiltrate your world, family, friends. I mean, anything they can do, they'll do it. They'll infiltrate and get everyone to like them more than you. And there's a part of you that know they need it more than you do. So you just kind of like let it happen. You're like, whatever, fine. Yeah, they're great. Because like even if you explained it to these people, they'd think you were crazy. They'd be like, oh, you're ungrateful. You're not. Wow, I feel bad for, you know, your husband. I feel bad for your mom. Um, 
So the power of numbers. So that's the first thing. And then they'll throw it in your face. Well, you know, everyone agrees with me. Well, you know, everyone says I'm right. Everyone. So how does this work with the energy thing? Again, you outsource your worth based on the feelings you get from others instead of your own. The need to please is a way to survive. So if everybody around you, because they've infiltrated anybody you have any sort of connection with, um, thinks a certain way about you, it's just easier to go along with it because it's easier to go along with it because they're going to win. That's why when you leave relationships with a narcissist, no matter you know if it's a family, if it's family, it's like you don't have a family anymore. It's really hard to say it, but it's true. Like when you leave, like let's say, you know, mom or dad's a narcissist, it's like, and you walk away from that situation by siblings, by aunts, by uncles, by cousins, by everybody, because even if they got it, they wouldn't get it. You know, like you just have to walk away because, you know, it, it's, it's hard. It's very, very hard. Um, the other, okay, black and white, the either or, pretending there are only two choices. The ego world, the 3D world is very much this or that. Republican or Democrat, okay, left or right, right or wrong, yes or no. Um, and narcissists love to play on that because they're very 3D. Like narcissists live in the 3D. They're a hundred percent 3D. That's why they're narcissists. (laughs) Like they, they live in that world. They're one trick ponies because they all think the same way, black and white. It's this or that. There is no nuance. I am a hundred percent right. You are a hundred percent wrong. This way is the correct way. That way is the incorrect way. Or you're either with me or you're against me. There is absolutely no wiggle room with them. And here's the energy tie into that. Your ego, that's what it is. You must choose a side. And empaths live in gray areas. When you have an empath aura, you feel everyone's truth plus kind of like the overall truth. You you feel their side, your side, who somebody watching it side. <laughs> like the dog side. You feel kind of like the universal truth of what's happening. You feel the past. You feel the future. You feel what this is in 10 years from now. You feel why this happened 10 years before. Like you get the whole, all the, you live in gray. You don't live in black because it's very five. And that's honestly 5D. When I do readings, you know, I can talk to you And, you know, I can talk to you and you have your spirit guides and you have your way of seeing things and you have your reality and you have what's happening to you. I could talk to, you know, your sister who you grew up with and and they could have a whole different way of seeing things and and the guides and lessons. And there's absolutely no one way to look at things. Empath auras understand this. Narcissists don't. But narcissists also know that you feel isolated because of this gray area ability. You've connoted it with being, I don't know, a lot of the things the the 3D world will say, like, oh, you're indecisive. You're a bleeding heart. You can't make choices. You're scatterbrained. You're you're a softy. You're so soft. So they understand that about you. And so using the whole like you're with me or against me thing is very effective because you know for them that's true. And you also don't have a lot of stock in your own in your own gray area perceptions. I hope that makes sense. All right. False flattery. 
narcissists love a compliment. Okay. So they, and they think you love compliments too, because they love them. Again, they're such one trick ponies. They really, narcissists think everyone thinks like them too, by the way, just so you know, like, and, and you can live with a narcissist and you can be like absorbing their way of thinking and then think that you're mean because you think like that. But no, you've just absorbed their way of thinking about things. Like you, something can happen and, and you go right into how they're relaying it in their brains versus how you relate in your brains. But that doesn't mean that's your way of thinking about something. Anywho, um, they love a compliment. <laughs> they really do. They love, oh, you look beautiful. Oh my God, thank you. They need it. They need it so bad. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, like we have to feel bad for these people and that's why we end up loving them unfortunately, and we have to stop because they 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 have such voids within them. They have such voids. But anyways, you compliment them. I mean, you could be like, you look so gorgeous. Or sometimes a compliment for like like a blue aura narcissist is like, your life is so horrible. Oh, I know. <laughs> they love it. Anyways, they think you love it too. Okay. So they will give you these like pseudo compliments and trying to... uh manipulate you so like oh my god you work so hard your life's so hard they say to you your life is so hard because that would work on them your life is so hard you work so hard your life's so awful oh my god oh wow you know and then they try to like get something out of you that way like you know give me money or whatever or they could go the other way like oh my god you look so gorgeous today you look great wow look at you and then you're like oh my god you're actually paying attention to me this is wonderful and and then and then you find yourself like, oh, they were nice to me. I better do the thing they're about to ask me for. So you'll see like with narcissists, they have like little honeymoon periods with you. And then at the end of the honeymoon period, they ask you for something. And God forbid you say no, because you know the rage is coming. And then you just you just want them so bad to be happy. And you want them so bad to be nice to you. And you want them so bad to give you that attention. Because especially when you're an unaware empath, like you built yourself up to be the person that makes them happy. So when they are happy, you feel worthy and they, they just know all that. So flattery as a manipulative tactic is something you have to watch out for. Um, okay. The next one is, oh, this one's okay. This one's interesting. It's called acting as though what someone said is unbelievable. All right, so narcissists will use this tactic when they don't understand what somebody else is saying, basically, and rather admit that they're confused, they'll pretend what the other person is saying is just like beyond belief, and that's their attempt to dismiss valid concerns. So let's say you're like, um, you know, so-and-so's husband, you know, they go to therapy together and they talk. What are you saying? You seriously think that other husbands are better than me? You you think so-and-so Got the car in the driveway that you have? No, they drive something else. I gave you that car. Wow, you're like, so they'll just like kind of act like, I can't believe you even said that's crazy. Like they, they, and they, and they turn it around and ask you questions. So the energy tie to this is they believe what they say and you must keep up their version of reality to their needs. Therefore, you need to make sure that they believe that you believe what you say. And honestly, I think I talked about, I think it was episode 91. It was about gaslighting Um, because I had this download and I talked about it in that episode. And this reminds me of this. It's like, it's kind of like, how do I put this? And that episode, I, I talked about it a lot more, but I'm trying to make it like more succinct. This feels like, okay, with a narcissist, 
you'll get to the edge sometimes and you'll be like, but you know, this person does this or, okay, this person's husband, I notice, you know, I, I was over at somebody's house and I saw their relationship and it's different than ours. Okay. He like, he listened to her. He doesn't, he doesn't like question her about her credit card purchases all the time. Like he's not on top of how she's dressing. He's not screaming about what's for dinner tonight. He's not critiquing her constantly about how the kids are dressed or whatever. Okay. And you start to notice that and then you go home and you're like, Hey honey, you know, I was over at Mary's house and Mary and John and, and da, 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 da. And it's kind of almost like you want to bring them that reality from somewhere else so they can act like it's absolutely a farce and ridiculous and not true. You want them because you've outsourced your reality so flippin' effectively that you're like, I'm going to give you something that I saw that actually makes me realize I've made a huge mistake in my life and I want you to squash it for me. Thank you. And they do. And over time, you will accept that as a way of, oh, that's how they show me they love me. When I bring them something that brought me a feeling or made me feel upset, they squash it by saying it's absolutely ridiculous. And now I feel better because that when you squash what I saw and you dismiss my reality and you tell me what I saw is unbelievable and not true, that is actually you trying to keep our relationship together. You love me, done. And that is such, and I'll tell you, that was a huge download for me. And it's something that once you see it with yourself, it's it's hard to see it. It's really hard to see it. So if you're in that moment, if you're going through it, I'm giving you a big hug and I love you because it's really hard to see it. You can sit with it. You don't have to do anything right now about it. You can just sit with it. But if it's happening, it's something to notice. It's something to notice. Okay. Another thing narcissists do is they label things. I mean, they love a label. They like to humiliate others or like they can be very elitist sometimes. Um, so like, let's say, you know, you bring them a feeling again. Oh, you're so needy. Oh, you're not, but you're not that smart. But, but we all know that, that you have an issue with understanding things. Well, we all know that, you know, so they like will label you. And how does that work energetically? Well, the stamp of labeling is very powerful for empaths. Um... And because again, they're in other people's realities, they can feel another person's perspective at the same time as their own. So saying something that resonates with them, um, they will call out a quality that you know is true about yourself, but also one you don't own up to the right way. So basic, so what I'm trying to say is like, if you're being needy (laughs) and then they call you needy and you know, deep down, you're like, well, I am being needy. Two things are happening. One you feel like, and this is very deep, like, oh, they're paying me attention. And, oh, they know I'm weaker than them. So that makes them feel better. Like I'm not going anywhere. And I know that makes them feel more solid. So that's good. And finally, it makes you feel like somebody knows you. Wow. He does know me. He sees me. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. He sees me. He sees me. He feels sorry for me. So he'll stay. Um, yeah. And, and the empath part of that is, you know, when you're not used to a healthier way to be, your feelings 
they're entering your reality for a moment and you feel seen or you feel loved or you feel safe because again, you've been outsourcing. You've been outsourcing all of it. How do you get over that? Own yourself. And then you take your control back. Like me, when I think I'm needy, just because I need, I'm asking you things and I'm asking you to show emotion. I'm asking you to have a conversation with me or I'm asking, maybe that is needy. I don't know if that's what you want to call it. Fine. But but if you love me, you validate what I need. And I need that right now. You know, it's not for you to judge it. It's for you to help me with it. Um, okay. Oh, false compromise. Oh, gosh. This is a great one. Offering to meet halfway on matters in which there is clearly a fair and unfair choice. They always do this. Like, this is a big one with narcissists and, like, money. So they do the false flattery, okay? They get you to give them like, oh, here's 10 grand. Okay, here's your 10 grand, fine. And then, oh, it's a loan. I would never take from you. It's a loan, it's a loan, it's a loan. Oh, okay. And now it's time to pay it back. Oh, well, here's $1,000. But that's good enough, right? Okay. You win. Here's your grand. You're welcome. And you're like, and what happens is, especially when you're an unaware empath, you take what you can get. Because a couple of reasons, you don't feel worth the whole amount. It's taxing energetically to push someone. You're just going to sit there and be like, well, I was the stupid one who loaned it to them. So it's my fault. Cost of me being me. So you like, you know, self-deprecate and make it your own fault. Uh, and, and bottom line, you care more about their mood than you and, and the state of the relationship with this person. than you do your own, like your own, the, your own principles. And that's just what happens when you when you don't have a solid foundation in yourself, which a lot of us have to build. And that's what we're trying to do. Because the society does not encourage you to do that. It doesn't encourage you to build your own foundation so that you don't outsource your energy to other people as a form of self-worth, which happens a lot with narcissists. So, so yeah, you can handle probably inequity more than most because you're like, whatever. Because it's not about the money. It's about... And, and you'll convince yourself, like, whatever, I don't need grand, nine grand, whatever, I don't care. It's, of course, it's not about the money. It's about the intention, and it's about, it's just like a symbol of, of like, how inequitable the relationship is at all, really. And, and they'll try to, like, label you, like, oh, you're so greedy. God, you're cold. You're, then they'll start to label you. You know, so they'll use a lot of these self thought control things at once. Like you're so this, you're so that. And then if you, if that, you know, if all those things don't work, they'll try to label you and they're like, well, I don't want to be greedy. So, you know, and then you just like back off. Um, empty promises. One of my clients, Stacy, she talked about, she told me, told me about this, um, future faking. I never had a word for it. But I know what it is because if you've ever been in a relationship with a narcissist, like, you know what future faking is. Future faking is like you're, okay, let's say you're, you know, it's your parents or whatever. We're going, we're going to Disney World. Okay. Like, you know, and then instead something really awful happens or, or don't worry next year we're going to do this. And then like that never happens or you're married to someone and it's, but this is repeated, not like once or twice. Okay. Like I know you guys. If you have kids or, you know, it, it's okay. If we can't do something, it's okay. But if you've had a relationship with a narcissist, you know what this is. It's constant promises that never get fulfilled. 
we're going to build a house together. We're going to have more babies. We're going to move. We're going to, this is, we're going to get married. Like you keep making these promises, but they never happen. And then when you call them out on it, oh, forget it. Forget it. The labeling. You're awful. You're greedy. You're terrible. You're, this is a bad time. You have bad timing. Da, 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 da. I have all these things going on. How could you? The emotional appeals. Okay. So they're going to use all these things. And it's like, no personal responsibility. Like, don't say it if you can't do it. That's it. Don't say it if you can't do it. And if you said something and you couldn't do it, learn from it and then don't do it again. And then use other language. It's just that they're so like sure when they say it. It's not like, well, maybe if X, Y, and Z work out, then it's possible. I'm not saying yes. I'm saying maybe. Like, that's a normal way to do it. Not like, this is definitely happening. And then it never happens. Um. Okay. So... Finally, and, and there's other ones too, but I wanted to do this one to end it. And it's slogans. It's a simplistic phrase. It's like catch all. And narcissists love their pat phrases and they employ them when they feel threatened. Usually they're like society driven laurels. All right. You know, blood is thicker than water. Okay. You know, if you have a narcissist family, narcissist parent, blood's thicker than water. It's like, how are you going to argue with that? So, so that just erases like everything that just happened for them. It does for them. It does. And, and how this works energetically is that society is 3d and a lot of their laurels are too. So they're going to use those to back up their nonsense and their agenda. So I hope this kind of helped just like open up a little bit of thought, a little bit of discussion in your own brain to how we can avoid these thought control methods of narcissists in our lives and how we can remember that, yeah, of course it could have been worse whatever happened to us in our relationship with the narcissist. Of course it could have been worse, but it was still bad. And to make sure, because it can be a real slippery slope, to not talk yourself out of what happened to you because that is your ego's way of trying to make it happen again. And we love you, ego, but we're not going to let it do that. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. All right. So all this and another thing I hear is I wish I was I didn't have this gift of empathy. I wish I didn't care so much what other people think. I wish I could just be stronger. I wish I didn't like I don't want people to hate how they are. You know, how how do we do that? I struggle with that, too. So like I don't want people to hate how beautifully giving and loving they are as people. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. And, you know, ever since doing this podcast and being part of the Mississippi Cal Spiritual Family page and doing all the discussion groups, you know, I've met a lot of our listeners and a lot of the people on the page. And, you know, they're incredible people. You, got, you guys are incredible people. I, I'll tell you, I didn't, before we started the podcast, I didn't even know what an empath was, to be honest with you. I I didn't know that existed. Um, and it, it, it is incredible. It's a gift. It's, it's a gift, but maybe it's also in some ways a curse to some people. Maybe they, maybe it is. But for me, as long as you're being your authentic self, you're being yourself, you're, you're not hurting anyone and you're, you're, you're doing okay. It's like, just, you are, you, that's who you are and accept it. And if there's people that are taking advantage of that, taking advantage of you and, you know, question that. Just question what is going on here with that person. I know certain people, if you find them to be narcissists, are probably easier to get rid of than others. You know, some sometimes it's not that easy. Yeah, you know, I, I would think. And sometimes maybe it is easy. Oh, like maybe oh, I can get rid of this person. You know, 
I don't need this anymore. Yeah. And it's an easy kind of shut, you know, what are you, indigo <laughs> that you yeah. call it. But in other cases, it might not be so easy. Because it's family. Because it might be a family yeah. member or someone you've known your entire life or whatever. So it's not that easy. Or so, you're in a relationship. Yeah. Right. You know, or there's kids involved or right, whatever. Of course. You know, thing, you know, assets tied up together. So, yeah. But again, you, you have to, you, you don't blame yourself for it though. You know, don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's good. I mean, for me, when I see now like someone who is narcissistic or acts narcissistic to mm-hmm. someone who is more of, let's say, an empath, it, it that kind of triggers me now and I get really upset by it. Mm-hmm. So it really makes me mad because I know what I would say to that person. Mm-hmm. And you want that other person to say that to that person. I know. We're not talking about ourselves here. But they won't do it. <laughs> And you just want to do it for them. Right. You just want to say like, that's not cool. You can't be doing that. You can't be saying that to someone. You can't be acting like that to somebody. Right. And I just want to say that for for (laughs) these empaths. I don't know if that's narcissistic, but. No, that's that's not. I think like we should sell Scott in a pocket. Like you stick Scott in your pocket. What would Scott say? He just jumps out and starts screaming at anybody who's narcissistic. Yeah, just be like, come on. You can't say that. Yeah, I know. You know, like. You gotta, you can't act that way. I think the problem, like when you lead with your empath aura, like we talked about today, when you lead with your empath aura, two things go on. One, it's hard. It's just hard. It's, it's hard to know how you feel. That's one in the moment. I think a lot of us, something will happen and you're in the moment. And then like maybe three days later, three weeks later, you're like, wow, that really affected me. Actually. I should have said something completely different or because we're not used to processing our feelings in a moment. That's the first thing. And two, ego is a funny thing. And, and we feel like we're, when you're an empath, you can feel like you're responsible for everything. And you're the one that has to fix everything. And you're the one that has to always be the taker of everything. Otherwise the whole world falls apart. And that's not true either. You don't have to do all that, but it's a process and it's something that trips us up. So it's it's just hard. I don't want anybody like not liking who they are. Like yeah. definitely love love who you are so much that all of a sudden you don't need anybody else to tell you one thing about yourself. And exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and that leads me back to my book recommendation <laughs> of The Four Agreements. Woo-hoo! It is the tiniest book and you can read it like a hundred times and get a hundred different things every time you read it. Yeah. And one of the things that Don Miguel Ruiz says is don't take anything personally, good or bad. If somebody comes up to you and says you're the best person in the world, it should mean absolutely nothing to you. The same as if somebody came up and said, you're the worst person in the world. There should be zero. And that is one of the things I've stuck. Like you don't ever put or work on it. The outside influence affect your inner, inner stability. But yeah, go read that book again. Yes. It's always actually, on sale. Actually, I, I've read that one and I really enjoyed that one. That one's a good one, right? That one's a real good one. I know. It's little. It's little, yeah. And it's simple, yes. but it's not. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we love you guys. You know, this podcast is for you and about you, and we're so glad you spent some time with us today.